So now we have um, explored the content of our experience. So the content of our experience, that's the sounds, sensations, uh, smell and taste, and mental images, and the dialogue. And they are appearances in consciousness. They are perceived with your mind. They are in your mind like a dream. You can't never be, you look beyond that because as soon as you look, you look with your mind. So you can't you, you can't actually check if there's a world, a universe out there, independent from mind. It's impossible to check that. You can be ex- as quick as possible. <laughs> You, you can't outsmart your mind. <laughs> so the content of your experience. So what I now would want to direct our attention a bit to is uh, that which is aware of the content. Awareness itself. So awareness becoming aware of awareness. Consciousness becomes aware of itself. And this is a strange move, of course, because we are very interested in the content of our experience. We're interested in our feelings and our thoughts and what we think about things and the labels and, and, and the taste and the smell and what we see. So that's what we're interested in, what we pay attention to. So now this this kind of turn into the question, looking into that which is looking. Looking into that which is looking. Hearing into that which is hearing. There's a beautiful little teaching by... uh, Francis of Assisi, who says, what you're looking for is what is looking. So what you're looking for, now this, what we are looking for is peace, contentment, God. Maybe you have a a bit modest uh, goal like relaxation or uh, feeling a bit better. Um, so that's what we are looking for. And what Francisco says is, what you're looking for is that which is looking. So what he says, you are already that what you're looking for. May I say it come from a different way? What you're looking for is where you are looking from. Is it's it a different same? way. It's the same. But it's yes. the same. Yeah, yes. What you're looking for is where you're looking from. Mm? Yes. Mm. So where are we looking from? So this is actually, this is like the, this is the Buddhist meditation. To look into what you, where you are looking from. So all the other meditations, they, they prepare us for uh, the meditation on the nature of mind, the meditation on the nature of awareness. 
And uh, I want uh, to read a little story to you. And then we have a little break, and uh, then I then we will play with this. So this is um, from a book called Open Heart, Open Mind by uh, Tsukni Rinpoche. So uh, Tsukni Rinpoche uh, is the son of Tulku Urgin Rinpoche, or one of the five sons. So it's, it's an interesting family. <laughs> so there's Tulku Urgin Rinpoche and he has five sons, Tsukni Rinpoche, Mingo Rinpoche, Chukinima Rinpoche, and Chuling Rinpoche, four sons. Not five sons, four sons. Uh, and Chukinima Rinpoche is, uh, has a, a long mm, connection with Denmark. So one, is, one of his main centers uh, is, in, uh, is in Denmark. And uh, uh, Mingo Rinpoche and, Tsuk, and, and his brother Tsukni Rinpoche, they bo- both have written about uh, her, their training. Uh, with with their father, and both of them they describe a similar experience, and that was the experience when their father, when they were still boys, but six seven years old, when their father Tulku Ukrenpochi introduced you, introduced them to where you're looking from, and this is uh, how Tsukni Rinpoche uh, is describing this situation, and it's uh, called First Glimpse. So he writes, I was able to spend only a few weeks with my, f- <coughs> with my father at Nagi Gompa. That's the place. It's a place uh, in the Kathmandu Valley on the outs- outskirts uh, where his father, Tuku Ugin Rinpoche, lived and taught and meditated. Near the end of my... That place still exists, of course. You can go there. Near the end of my stay, he gave me a lesson in experiencing space. I never forget that first lesson. I was sitting in my father's private room, a small wood-paneled space with a bed, an altar, and enough room for maybe five or six people to sit. (coughs) Half of the room was taken up by windows through which the setting sun shone in golden red light. He said, Look at the area around you with all your senses open seeing all the objects, feeling all the sensations. Don't block anything. Can you sense that openness, that simple awareness of the things you see and hear and feel? I nodded. With the sun setting 
the windows overlooking a broad valley, the physical warmth of my father's body, his sweet but penetrating gaze, the feeling of the hard wood floor beneath me, it would have been hard not to be aware of the multitude of phenomena. And his gentle advice to experience this awareness openly, without judgment, was a powerful influence. There was something almost magical about the way he could communicate without words or gesture. That possibility of appreciating without judgment all the things I saw, heard, and felt. Then he said, Now, slowly, turn that same awareness to the mind that perceives these things openly. Instead of looking at outer space, look at inner space. So now comes the mudra. I need to have my hands to make the mudra. He demonstrated with his hands, turning his palms outward to demonstrate the way we ordinarily perceive by looking outward. So turning the hands, he turned the hands outward to demonstrate the way we ordinarily perceive by looking outward. And then turning his palms inward to indicate the mind that perceives. So turning, it's almost like a bit a sense of rolling your eyes backward. It's not like that, but just almost like turning your eyes backward to that where you're looking from. So this is the normal way to look, and now we roll your eye, you, you, you roll your eyes backward. Where are you looking from? You look into what, where you are looking from. Then he let his hands drop into his lap to demonstrate just letting the whole effect of looking drop to allow whatever happened to happen. So this demonstrates a sense of letting go of any effort. So you kind of start with a sense of doing something, like you, you, turn, you turn around, so like, like this, so you turn around, but then you drop. So this is it. Turning around, looking into where you're looking from, dropping all effort. 
and you do that for the rest of your life, again and again. <laughs> one practice. It's the one practice. So, so now, of course, it's a, what we need to explore is, or what we need to get a sense of, with what are we looking and what are we looking into? We're obviously talking about something which is beyond words. So all the images, all the gestures, they are you know, pointers. And uh, your conceptual mind will not get it. Yeah? So it's, it, but it's, it's like an exploration of, okay, what does it mean to turn around and to be curious about the experience there? What is experiencing? There is experience, obviously. I mean, you listen, you, you look. You know, something is happening, and you're experiencing it. But now, what is that which is experiencing this? What is what is aware? You're not going to find it. That's the thing. You can, you can look into it. You can look into from where you're looking from. But, of course, you're not going to find something there. So, in that moment, I caught a glimpse of inner space, which is wide open and clear. Wide open and clear. Wide open, boundaryless, centerless. Maybe you have heard the definition of mind, the Buddhist definition. Clear and knowing. It's clear, open, boundary, empty, boundaryless, empty. Beyond concepts or judgments. In which or through which the entire realm of phenomena appear and disappear. In which or through which the entire realm of phenomena appear and disappear. So what we are looking for is that which is not moving. Everything is moving. Thoughts, sensations, your life, being born, death. That's all movement. What we are looking for now, or what we are looking into now, is that which is not moving. It's the mind beyond death. In the Zen tradition, it's called your original face before you were born. What's your original face before you were born? That's what we are looking into. For a brief second or so, I had a direct experience of what in the Buddhist tradition is known as the essence of mind. So there is this kind of names for it, and that's fine. There's names for it, but the names are not it. So maybe the, 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 the names can help us a bit, although we can't find anything to recognize 
we can't find anything, but that does not mean that there is nothing. Obviously, there is not nothing, because you can hear me now. You can't find that which is hearing, but it's not nothing, otherwise there wouldn't be hearing. So, I had a direct experience of what in the Buddhist tradition is known as the essence of mind or the nature of mind. Illuminous. So that's, that's one word they use for saying something about this. Luminous. Radiant. Luminous, radiant presence. All distinction between the looker and what was being looked up, looked at, fell away. So there is, there is not a sense anymore of I am looking into that what we what I, what I'm looking from. No, that which is looking and what you're looking at is the same. There is no split. It's also that's why it's called non-dual mind. Just what I'm looking for. Can you say again that what I'm looking for? That what I'm look. That what I'm looking. I, what? <laughs> <laughs> What I what I'm looking from. Yeah. So you right now you are looking from something, and of course, our ignorance says when you don't check, it's me looking. I am looking. I. Yeah. So we create an artificial sense through con the conceptual mind that what is looking is I, and that I is somehow separate. It's maybe somewhere here, looking through your eyes. You, I mean, we even say, I have eyes, and I look through my eyes into the world. And this whole thing, I have eyes, and I am using my eyes to look into a world, is just made up. It's a, it's a concept. No. What is looking means what you are searching for, what you are longing for. No. So you are here because you are, you are looking, no, you are looking for something, you are searching something, you, are, you, you want to be home, you want to, you want to rest, you want to, you want to experience, you want to rest in the peace which you have a sense of is your birthright. So, and that, what we are looking for, enlightenment, uh, God, uh, heaven, uh, contentment, relaxation, we are looking everywhere, but now 
we turn around and we realize, wow, what I'm looking for the whole time is that which is looking. I'm already it. So, so the first step on, on, the, on the spiritual path is already one step too much. <laughs> so the first step of looking for something is already one step too much. That's where you already, where we, where we already lost in ignorance with this first step. So now we turn around and we look into where we are looking from. It's already there. And it's already there. And uh, in the in the tradition, it it says it's it's uh, challenging. It's very, in a sense, of course, it's very easy because we don't need to do anything. But not to do anything is incredibly difficult for us. It's so easy to remake it hard. Yes, and uh, it's it's uh, it happens in it's instant, and automatically the sense of separation, the sense of this. Uh, separateness, the separate self. So they say it's, uh, it's challenging because it's too close and too easy. So first we need to make it a bit more complicated. Searching, looking, practicing, doing this and that, therapy, 100,000 of this, 800 books about consciousness. <laughs> what is mind? What is consciousness? Reading 800 books about consciousness. And then, and all that is necessary and precious and skillful means. But at one point, we, we come to this, to this, exactly this. This situation, this, this situation, at one point we will come to this situation. And it, it's not necessary, you know, a big lama, it's not necessary, it can be also just a moment by the beach. Yeah, of they, they they know it or everyone knows it. Uh, yes. So I just want to um, yeah. Um, so what we are looking uh, what we are looking at when we are when we're turning around into the experiencer into that which is experiencing. Um, uh, he mentioned you know, luminosity, uh, and there's like three, uh, three kind of characteristics of that which we are looking into. And he also mentioned that the openness, the it's a boundarylessness, emptiness. So it's empty, boundaryless, centerless. You can't find it as a thing. 
It's not really an, it's not really a thing. It's not a, it's not this kind of phenomena. Groundlessness is a is a word Pema Children uses. It's groundless. Beyond concepts, beyond words, beyond categories. The the second is uh, the wakefulness. So the space, like the outer space, is also boundaryless and centerless and open. But the outer space, for example, the space in this room, does not know. It's not aware. There is no knowingness. So this uh, wakefulness, that's, that's another quality of that where you're looking from. That where you're looking from is boundaryless and centerless, but it has this knowingness. It's, it's aware. There's a wakefulness. And this wakefulness is effortless. You don't need to do it. You know, you know it's not something you need to work hard for. Or I need to be aware. I need to know it's happening effortlessly right now. And it's happening in the next moment. You actually don't have control over that. Let's call it on. You are on. So you're on, like like a light. So you are on. You are constantly on. And that onness, you don't have even control about it over it. So let's prove that. We make a little experiment now. So for five seconds, try not to be aware. I mean, just switch it out. That onness, yeah? That onness. So just switch it out. One. (laughs) Switch it out. No, that, that onness, like that knowingness in, 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 at the heart of your experience. At, switch it out for just for, for five seconds. Two. Three. Four. Five. So, and that onness is also there when you fall asleep. Even in deep sleep. If you drink yourself unconscious, that onness is there. And it has been there yesterday, and one year before, and ten years before. Everything else, the content of your experience, of course, is changing. Like your body is completely different. Your thoughts are different. Your feelings are different. Your memories are different. Your worries are different from 20 years ago. It's completely different. I mean, it's not you. 20 years ago, it's not you in that sense. Nothing remained the same. But what was there was that onness, that effortless onness, moment by moment. 
So that onness was was there when you when you did your first <laughs> you were on. But as we know now, we are already on in the womb of the mother. Yeah? So we were on, 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 all the way down. And, uh, and then some, some scientists, they say, at one point, somehow the cells in your brain were so complicated, then suddenly onness. So for them, this onness you know, needed Need the, need, needs the base of some material. Uh, but from the Buddhist point of view, that does, ma- does, does not make sense. Because a moment of onness can only come from a moment of onness. That needs to be the cause, the, 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 the pri- prim- prim- pri- primary cause for a moment of onness needs to be on. So there's onness, onness all the way back, and there's onness all the way in front of us. Effortless onness. And that is this wakefulness, that, that is this knowingness. This is your Buddha nature. It's, it's as simple like that. This is your, this is what is. In Christianity, it's called heaven or God, or and in the Buddhist teachings, it is uh, the Buddha nature or ultimate bodhicitta or the nature of your mind or emptiness or so. And then the third characteristics, and he also said some. He says something about warmth and gentleness. Uh, so there is a sense of uh, Trungpa Rinpoche calls it goodness. In the, in the Mahayana teachings, it's called uh, ultimate bodhicitta. So there's the conventional, the relative bodhicitta, you know, compassion and so on and so on, but then they, that ultimate bodhicitta. So there is, uh, uh, in, in, to, in the looking, into where you're looking from, there is a, an experience of home, an experience of goodness, an experience of creativity. That's a refuge, that's the true refuge in, in the Buddhist teachings. And so that goodness is, is of course, beyond words. It's not like a, a, a relative um, love. It's, it's unconditioned, uh, unconditioned presence. So a Christian mystic who would have an experience like that would, would uh, describe it as being in the presence of angels or being in the presence of God or so that, and, and in some traditions like in the Sufis, Sufism, they emphasize very much that loving character. They talk about the beloved. Uh, so that's the quality of, of goodness. Yes. Yeah, the, the, this three is the Buddha nature. 
and they are not separate. It's an open, an open, boundaryless, centerless, knowing, empty love. Or a luminous, boundaryless, wakefulness. Empty. Natural wakefulness. Natural wakefulness in the nature of love. In the, in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, often uh, if it's symbolized uh, through, a, through, through a goddess, like Tara, or the Prajnaparamita, the perfection of wisdom, so there are also the emphasis on that uh, giving you know the, the space from which everything comes and dissolves back into. So giving birth. Uh, 